It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. who I am over there. Who's that? That's Nicole Halton from Inspired EC, all the way in the future, 17 hours in Australia. Um, You are probably also listening to this episode in the future, because I know you're not listening right now while we're recording it, but let's move on. Unless there's some sort of Zoom hacker. Yeah, I hope I hope we don't have a Zoom hacker. <laughs> Nicole, do I have a news story for you? It's something that's been in the news here. Well, the news I pay attention to um, mildly. It just came up and I said, oh, that's interesting. I don't know if it's made it to Australia yet. There is a, a young woman here in the States who was on some some of one of those one of those tv shows where people do things one of those real, reality tv oh, that's what it is. she's yep. on some reality right. tv show mm-hmm. and then she she decided she was going to uh parlay that into a career and she is currently um selling farts online <laughs> no <laughs> yes um, this is almost as bad well actually i think it's worse than the people who sell feet photos Okay, I don't know about I mean, that, but no, it's like a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I'm sure there's a website for it. And they people buy photographs of your feet. And it might be that like your feet just barefoot or in the shower or in a I don't know, tub of spaghetti or in the dirt or that people buy wait, feet wait, photos. Wait, spaghetti? I don't know. <laughs> Okay. I don't know what people are into. I but... don't know where you're hanging out on the internet, uh either Nick. Where yeah. did you learn about no, this? No. No, no, I, I saw it on reality TV, so, okay. um, but it is definitely a thing. It is definitely a thing, selling feet photos, but I, I feel like selling farts is worse than feet photos. Well, um, do you want to guess what she sells them for? <laughs> I mean, the dollar amount. Are we talking American dollars? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, I'm going, I'm going 50 American dollars. Thousand dollars. <laughs> no, no one's fart is valued at a thousand dollars. She's made a hundred thousand dollars. No. Yes. How um, do we even capture that? Like, how does she? In what? In in what format does it arrive? 
Um, in, 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 in jarred. I mean, like a mason mason jar. I I, I, I saw it in the news, and then well, I heard about it in the news on a podcast I listened to, and then they the the next like the next day they had her on because they needed to know more about this. So I know way more about it than I wanted to. Um, wow. But 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 on, on one hand, I think oh that's pretty gross, and what has happened to civilization? But I all another half, I think. I, on the other hand, I think what an what an entrepreneur, what a entrepreneur, what a yeah. businesswoman. Uh, she bought, yes. her, she bought her mother a, a Porsche um, because uh, because she's she's making good bank. Um, that, I mean, here we are actually like dicking around with real business and we yeah. could be doing something like that. Yeah, well, I guess I'll go <laughs> take pictures of my... F- hey, listeners, anybody wants to buy pictures <laughs> of my If you're looking for a business idea. Uh, $1,000, um, I guess. <laughs> um, so that's just a little bit of news. Uh, you haven't heard that in Australia? Hasn't made it there no, yet? No, it hasn't quite made it here yet, but I'll make sure that it does. I will okay. spread the word. I sent you the link to the uh, the Australian belching record holder yes. we talked about a couple episodes ago, but I'm not going to send you a link to the... Uh, the far okay. drill. You'll have to look that up yourself. <laughs> um, so I got a topic for you. I don't you. know if I want my search history to show that though. Yeah, well, use Tasha's computer, use the office right. computer okay. or something. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Um, so I want to talk to you about the idea. I read this phrase and I thought it was kind of just a, a neat phrase, the idea of cultivating responsibility. And yes. I so since you have three young children, um, and I'm guessing from what I know about you, you want them to grow up and be at least moderately responsible um, as as residents of the earth. Um, yes. I'm wondering what what thoughts you have about the whole idea of cultivating responsibility in young and maybe not so young humans. I find it an interesting one. Like I, it, it's hard. I feel like sometimes we want children to turn into responsible adults. But as a society, we're not typically very comfortable with giving young children much responsibility. <laughs> and, and and I wonder how they learn responsibility um, when they're not given the opportunity to actually have any responsibilities or to, you know, to take responsibility for things that they do or decisions that they make or whatever. And I see that a lot now where, you know, the it seems like a whole generation of children who don't have a lot of responsibility or things that they're responsible for. And I'm seeing it even in early learning centres that there's younger staff. And again, I'm going to feel really old saying this, but these people were probably children when I was, you know, working in a service, but they are coming in now at sort of, you know, 19, 20, and they're... And I think a lot of it has to do with the quality of training like that's happening here at the moment. And I'm not sure what it's like where you are, but it's not always great here. Um, It's on the improve again, thankfully. But I think a lot of young ones are coming into, and not all, I should stress that, not all, and not just because they're young, um, but a lot of the ones who are coming in um, and, you know, people will blame it on the generational thing, but they just don't have that sense of responsibility and accountability either you know what what they need to take responsibility for so even you know I've I've seen in services where educators have shown up late for a shift and it's not like I'm so sorry I was late I got stuck in traffic blah 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 they just kind of saunter on in and like everyone will wait for me it's all good and it's like actually no you're needed like Mm -hmm. your shift starts at this time you're needed out here but there's that complete lack of responsibility so for me as a parent I really want 
my kids to be able to take responsibility for, you know, take responsibility for mistakes that they made, but also to be responsible for, you know, aspects of their lives and things that are happening in the world around them and, you know, be kind of contributing members of society and whatever. But it's not an easy thing to do when the opportunities to give them those responsibilities, they're just different. It's different to how it used to be, I think, when we were kids. Sure. Um, When I was a kid, I remember being left alone to babysit for a under one year old yeah at the age of nine yeah I mean now I I think you probably have the police called on you if you leave a nine-year-old alone by themselves let alone I left I left my almost 12 year old and almost nine year old together the other day for about half an hour we had to I had to take one child to a birthday party my husband wasn't home from work so we kind of did this shuffle Mm -hmm. and he's got a phone he can call me he's you know he's incredibly responsible like he is a pretty responsible kid and she's really responsible the younger one as well there's you know we've got all these rules in place about what you can do what you can't do what you should do what you shouldn't do our neighbors next door who is always willing to help if there's an issue or whatever so all these things are in place they're not leaving the house like they're Mm -hmm. in our house and yet you still have these moments of judgment from other people like I wouldn't leave my child that age alone and I'm like, really? And, you know, when we first started letting him walk to the bus stop on his own, uh, I think he was maybe 10. And the bus stop is literally 800 metres from our house. And it's down our street across a road, which was the only thing that I'm like, oh, it's a fairly busy road. And so I was a bit kind of hesitant about that. But we, you know, did a few test runs, talked about where he was going to cross, where we're safe, where he could see, all those sorts of things. And, you know, what the rules are about, you know, somebody talks to you and he's like, I just don't talk to them. And I'm like, no, you can say hi. You know, if somebody says hi to you, I said, you can say hi. I said, you're not getting in their car and going off to see their new puppy. I said, but you're getting, you know, you're saying, yeah, hi, and continuing on. But I remember when we did that, so many people were like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you did that. Like, I can't believe you let him walk to the bus stop on his own. And I'm like, really? He's 10. And, you know, my husband said when he was his age, he used to ride his, like, push bike through the bush. Um, I think it's about probably six kilometres, maybe a little more, from one parent's house to the other. His parents were separated. And so he used to ride his bike at his age up through the bush and, you know, like, not an issue. It could take him an hour and a half to get there. And it wasn't a problem. He didn't have a phone. You know, there was no kind of, you know, I've got a mobile, I've got GPS tracking on and we're all good. And I think, um, like I read Lenore Skenazy's book, The Free Range Kids, a couple of years ago, and it gave me more confidence. But then it also, you go, oh, it makes you recognise how that has not, it's not the norm anymore. And, you know, it is hard then to give children that sense of actually you're competent when Mm. we're not giving them the opportunity to show us that they're competent. Sure. The way you the way you develop competence is to have an opportunity to do stuff. To do stuff. The way yeah. you build responsibility is to to practice being responsible. Um, and sometimes you'll stuff it up. You know, sometimes oh, sure. you'll make mistakes. And there's some areas where there's not that flexibility. So, am I going to um, leave him at the local pool to look after his sister unsupervised? No, 
I'm not because the ramifications there are if, if she drowns, there's no coming back from that. So that's that's a deal breaker for me. I'm not letting you be responsible for your sister in the pool. Like that's, you know, I'm not comfortable with that. But what's the worst that's going to happen at home? You know, like there's pretty minimal chance of anything happening at home. We're pretty safe. You're in your own space. No one's around. Like, you know, there's there, there's very little risk. And whatever happens, we can usually deal with it. Yeah, if a bone you know? ends up sticking out, then, I mean, you'll be home in 20 minutes. So it'll be okay. Yeah, he'll ring yeah. or he'll he'll go to the neighbor sure. and say, you know, this is what happened and I need help or whatever. Like we've got those things in place. And I can remember, and I don't know if I've talked about it before, but when I was a kid, I was probably his age. I was about 11 or 12. And I'd come home from school and my mum wasn't home and she usually was home, but she wasn't this day and it was okay. I knew where the key was to let myself in. And so I went to get the key to let myself in and it was an area where our dog, we had a big German shepherd and our dog used to sleep in this area and went to get the key and the dog was dead. And I was like, oh my God, like she was an old dog. She was, you know, 13 or something. And so it wasn't completely unexpected, but it was this moment of, oh shit, like I'm at home alone and the dog's dead and then I couldn't find the key. Now the key was there the whole time, but I couldn't find it. But I knew that the neighbour, like two houses up, I could always go to her. So I went up to her. I didn't tell her that the dog was dead because I was like, I don't know how to deal with that. So we'll just pretend that's not happening. But I'm like, I can't find the key. And she's like, that's okay. You can hang out here and you know, blah, blah, blah. Mum was home a little bit later and I'm like, yeah, I think the dog's dead. Like we'll deal with that. But Really, in the grand scheme of things, there wasn't a lot that could go wrong. I had no control over the dog, but there wasn't a lot that could go wrong by that happening. But now it's like that's just so far removed from what children this like that age yeah. would be expected to kind of, you know, they're not letting themselves into houses on their own. And, like, I'm all about, you know, keeping children safe and that level of responsibility, but we've got to actually give them some opportunity to show that they're competent too. Yeah. Otherwise, I think where's the cutoff? If he's not able to do this at 12 or almost 12, by the time he's able, he's almost a teenager who can drive. Like it's only a couple of years and this kid will be behind the wheel of a car. Like if he can't walk to the bus stop or look after his sister for half an hour, then we've got a problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I re- and and oh, a longtime listener to the show. Well, this is this is some Jeff childhood trauma. But um, I, I I used to walk to school. Um, I mean, all all through my elementary and, and middle school, but kindergarten, five years old, yeah. walking to kindergarten, and that it was uh, it was about half a mile. That's uh, like 0.8 kilometers. Um, so so just about a kilometer. Um, and, you know, no big deal, probably crossed six streets, seven streets, only one of them busy, but everybody, walk, everybody in the neighborhood walked. So I'm walking with other kids yeah. and everything. But, but one day it was, it was middle of winter and there's a blizzard going out and school gets out early and like everybody else is getting picked up and everything. And Aww. Jeff ends <laughs> up walking home. Um, the door was locked because the wind was blowing oh, so no. hard. And so I'm, I'm banging out, banging out on the door. To- <laughs> <laughs> and, in, I'm frozen. <laughs> uh, and for, I mean, it's like whiteout conditions. You can't see more than, than, than a couple of yards in front of you. And, um, and, and finally my mom comes to the door and she hadn't even heard, hadn't had the radio on. Hadn't, so she didn't even know school got out early. So, um, <laughs> but I was like, I, I mean, I wasn't worried or scared yeah. because for months and months I've been walking back and forth 
And so I knew, I knew the direction. Knew and what I, to do. Yep. I, I'd been out in the snow before. And, 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 oh, I mean, did I ever let her live it down? No, no, no never. absolutely not because <laughs> I'm, I'm a dick, but, um, <laughs> but so that kind of stuff, but, but it builds a little bit of, of not only the ability to kind of deal with situations, the, the, the ability to handle those responsibilities, but a little bit of intestinal fortitude as, yeah. as well, because, because um, when, when he starts driving a few years from now, you don't want him to to panic when a kangaroo no. pops out in front of him. That's um, right. And I mean, it's very possible in my urban area, but you never know. <laughs> they're just know. roaming down the streets here. Yeah, they're just roaming all over. But it's true, though. Like, you need them to actually be able to make some decent decisions. And I think, like, Alfie Cohen says that, you know, children learn to make decisions by making decisions, not by following directions. He says it much better than that. That's very (laughs) random quoting. But, you know, it's that concept of if you're not given the opportunity to actually make a decision, it's very difficult when you're placed in a high-stress situation. If that's your first opportunity to make a decision and to, you know, take control of a situation or, you know, whatever, then that's very difficult to do, you know, because you start to get that fight-flight sort of thing happening and it's very hard to then go, okay, I'll make a rational decision. That's when children actually tend to make poor decisions because, well, I've not had to deal with this before. I don't know what to do. And they go into that panic mode. And I think that's it. It's giving them that opportunity to be, you know, be that bit responsible and develop that sense of I can do this, I can be competent and I can be, you know, an active member of a society and I can, you know, do all of these things because I've had the practice. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean we need to throw them in, you know, at like three and, okay, off you go, walk to childcare on your own, you Mm -hmm. know, like there's not that. But I think, you know, in increments, we need to be increasing that for children. And I think part of, I mean, it, it, it all involves that practice, but I think part of it is, is understanding in some cases, the monotony of responsibility. Yeah. Um, and so I remember, what was it? It must've been, must've been second grade. Um, we went on a, on a class field trip. One of my classmates, his, his father ran a greenhouse and so we got to go visit the greenhouse and see all the plants and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and that was cool. And, and at the, at the end of the field trip where everybody got to pick out a, a little plant and take it home with them. And, and I kept that son of a bitch alive for <laughs> like eight years. Oh my um, God. Yeah. Um, and uh, all That's that, impressive. Remember, all that remembering to water it and, and depending on the time of year, moving it. So it's even not getting too much sun or make sure it's getting enough and all, all that kind of stuff. And, and, um, did it, did it struggle? Um, sure, sure. It struggled sometimes, um, because Jeff wasn't always responsible at making sure it got watered as much as it needed to. And, and did it get, did it get root bound and maybe should have been transplanted into a bigger pot, um, uh, a little bit more frequently. Yeah, probably. But, um, but I kept that thing alive for, for a long time long time and it was monot I mean I guess maybe it wasn't monotonous but you know those kind of things remembering to feed the dog I gotta go when we're done recording I gotta go put water in the dog bowl because otherwise the the dogs get dehydrated and die yeah um, it's not good no no is, is that what happened to your German shepherd or <laughs> gosh I hope not did you forget to fill the water I hope bowl? I wasn't supposed to put water in the bowl <laughs> shit but it's true like it is those 
you know, and we've even, we've tried all sorts of things with our kids. You know, we've always got things that you're expected to do. So you're expected in, as part of our household, you're expected to take your dirty washing and put it in the washing basket. That's just part of what you're expected to do. And I'm not paying you to do that. Like, um, you know, and there's a lot of systems that people use for pocket money and whatever. It's like, I'm not paying you to take your dishes from the dinner table and put them in the mm-hmm. dishwasher. It's like, that's just part of what you have to do. But we have implemented recently a system of, we've got three assistant roles. So there's the laundry assistant, the kitchen assistant, and the general assistant. The general assistant does things like take the bins out and, you know, other kind of odd jobs. And, you know, the other two are fairly self-explanatory. But it's something that we worked on with the kids about, you know, how do you feel you can contribute more to our household? What things do you think you can do? And, you know, they all want to earn money. Like they literally only get a couple of bucks a week for doing that role. But at the end of each week, we kind of do a bit of an appraisal, like, you know, a self-appraisal. It's like, okay, how do you think you went? You were the laundry assistant. How do you think you did? You know, is all the washing done? Did you help fold stuff? Did you put it away? Was it hard? Did you whinge about it? Like, you know, having those conversations about it rather than just handing them some cash and saying, oh, yeah, great, good job, but I actually still did most of it. Um, But this is actually giving them that little bit of a sense of responsibility, but it's also, it takes away that monotony because they're only doing that one role for a week. Mm -hmm. So it's not, I always have to do that. It's actually, I'll do this now and then I get to do a different one next week and they just kind of rotate it around. That's working fairly well for us at the moment. Another big thing for me is like jobs, you know, when you're old enough to get a job, you can get a job. Yeah. And I, I had a job from before I was legally old enough to have a job. I used to ride around on my bike at like five o'clock in the morning, collecting money from little old ladies for their newspaper delivery. And then I'd ride back to the news agents and give them my you know little bum bag full of cash and say, there you go. And then they'd pay me and home I'd go. And that was my Saturday and Sunday mornings for like a couple of years. And I've said to my husband, I really want our children to all get jobs and, you know, to understand when they're old enough, obviously, but to understand that, you know, work needs to happen. Like you don't just get handed stuff. And even though we've got savings accounts for all of them and we've put money aside as they've gotten older and whatever. And I said to my husband one day, what are you thinking we'll do with that money? He's like, oh, I don't know, maybe their first car or whatever. And I'm like, no, they need to earn it. They need to get out and, you know, pay for their own car. And maybe I'm a bit brutal, but I don't know. I just think there's a sense of responsibility. We both did that. um, And, you know, we bought our house when I was 19 and my husband was 20. And we'd saved enough money because we'd worked really hard for a couple of years. We'd saved enough money and away we went. And I think there's a nice responsibility in that. I think what you should do is you should wait till uh, they're all three teenagers. And no, then... that's a scary thought in itself. All okay. three teenagers. You just said that out loud. I'm yeah, like, wow. yeah, yeah. But here comes the good part. Wait till they're all three teenagers and then trust them. Give them the responsibility of staying home alone for two weeks while you and hubby clean out their savings accounts and go on a cruise. Yeah, yeah there's an idea. Done. Yeah. Done. Yeah, I think it's test that that responsibility. I know what I was like as a teenager left home alone, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and there was only one of me. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be better. I'm sure they'll. Well, they got they they they've got half your husband's DNA, so I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there wasn't any problem. (laughs) Helpful. (laughs) But you'll be on your cruise. You won't care. Um, That's right. 
Yeah, I think that's what you run it. If, if you decide to do it, send me a postcard. Um, okay. Yeah. And so those those responsibilities around the house that I mean, again, the way you learn to be responsible is to have responsibilities. But I think you can also do this in, in early learning programs. I mean, just helping. Help, what are the helping. plans? Um, yeah. yeah water, watering the plants, wiping off tables, helping with cleaning little up. Kids, little kids are the best for that because they love it. Oh, you know, they love here's here's a broom yeah cool I get to sweep up the floor and you know like they actually thrive on that we used to have um back when Tash and I were working in a service we used to um the kids would help hang out the washing and mm -hmm. so we got like a little step stool and you know that was part of their responsibility they'd carry out the washing basket three of them would get on the side of the basket carry it out and hang up all the washing and you know we had like and even now still when I go to visit services they're like oh I just don't have time to get all the jobs done and I'm like so do them with the children, make that a part of the curriculum. You know, it is part of our day that we actually have to wash the sheets or the, you know, face washes or whatever it is that we're using. Mm -hmm. We have to do that. Then let's make it a part of the program as if that's not an important part to actually learn how to be responsible and to contribute to, you know, your, like your service as a society, I suppose, yeah. you know, you've got this little society and community happening there, then actually contribute to it in a meaningful way. If I go and help hang the washing out, then my friends are going to have, you know, clean face washes or whatever. Like it's just those little bits that, you know, and it goes back to kind of what we talked about when we um, were talking about being on autopilot, it's finding the joy in those little things too, you know, yeah. and I think it's important for children to see them not just as a job that needs mm -hmm. to be done, but actually this is something that can be a bit of fun. Sometimes it means it takes, you know, three times as long, but, and sometimes it's not quite done to the standard that we want. Yeah, and you gotta kinda, have to kind of lower your expectations go. a little bit. Yeah. But, but when I the think little the ones are hanging out the laundry, there might be a thing or two dropped on the dropped in the uh, in the in the dirt have before. To take the dirt off it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a it's a lesson in that, you know, that that being able to contribute and that what you're doing matters, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important thing for children to learn that actually I can do something that makes a difference to somebody else. Yeah. You know, and that's even as an adult, when you do something and you can see that it makes a difference for somebody, however big or small it is, it's a good feeling. You know, it makes you feel good to know, actually, I did something and it helped that person. Yeah, and, and nurtures, nurtures those relationships. That. Yeah, you know, and I think children get that when they're given the chance, but too often we just don't give them enough of the chance. We don't, we either, you know, I mean, often educators will say, oh, children are so capable and, you know, they've got all these fluffy words but actually put that into practice and show yeah. us that you believe children are capable. Let them wash the dishes, let yeah. them, you know, and, and yes, it will look different to how you do it, but let it go. I, I think another one is that I really like is um, disposable pets. Um, maybe not. I'm scared, I'm scared by that term. Disposable. Okay. Well, look, if, yeah. if, if the classroom goldfish dies, <gasps> No, it's pretty easy to spend 39 cents and get another goldfish, right? I'm not talking that that every classroom should have a purebred uh, German Shepherd puppy that, no, that they're all responsible for because that's kind of not disposable. Um, and look, <laughs> I'm sure gold. <laughs> well, I mean, is there a better way to describe it? I don't. I don't know if there is. I don't know if there is, and I don't. I don't know how that concept is. I know what, exactly what you're saying, though. It yeah, is. It's I that, mean, whether it's that level of responsibility without it being, yeah, it, it, it's a hard one. I know for my girls, for example, they when we go to my to visit my parents, they've got a chicken coop 
Um, they've got mm-hmm. like these chickens that free range in the backyard and whatever. Their That's first the thing that they get in a chicken coop is chickens. Yes, chickens. Um, although they don't go in the coop, they go in the coop to lay their eggs, and then other than that, they free range through the backyard. Um, but the first thing that the girls do when they get there is let's go check the eggs. Have you fed the chickens? They'll say mm-hmm. to my mom, have you fed the chickens today? No, I was waiting for you to come. So, you know, so that's it. They'll go off, they'll get the seed and, you know, whatever. So they've got that real thing about it. But I think they've got so much autonomy and, you know, they're given the opportunity to do that themselves that it's not a chore. It's not, oh, I have to go and feed the chickens. It's I get to feed the chickens. Yeah. You know, that that finding that joy in it. And they love, you know, throwing the seed out for them and watching the chickens fight over the seed and, you know, whatever. But, you know, it, there's that connection with them as well. You know, like they'll both pick up a chicken and have a chicken under each arm kind of thing. And, you know, it just becomes part of of that process and what they do there. But yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying about disposable pets. Well, just yeah, because a- I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> that in a classroom of three-year-olds, um, having them- You want to go a goldfish rather than a dog. A, a kitten, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> if, if they forget to feed the uh, the goldfish, I mean, you walk in and it's floating and everybody everybody gathers mm-hmm. around and you have a goldfish funeral. If they if they don't feed the kitten, I mean- It's a bit of a problem. It's, it's, a, bigger, it's a bigger problem. And so, I, I, and I think, you know, the same at home, I, which is why I'm still, I'm still um, advocating for you getting your, getting your kids a, a puppy. I mean, still not happening. Still not. Although happening. I do, I have to admit, I look at like the local dog rescue adoption. I look at that every day just to see what dogs have come up because I'm uh, like, you just never know. There might be the right dog on there. Sure. Um, and I also look at like puppies on like Gumtree, which is like I don't know our version of like Craigslist or something. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah, I look at puppies. Find one is going to look at you, and you're gonna you're gonna. Your heart. Every now and then, I'll turn my phone around to my husband and say, "Look at this face. Doesn't this face look look like it belongs with us? Doesn't this face look like it's saying, pick me?" (laughs) And he's like, "No, it does not." And I'm like, "Okay." Okay. So, so eventually, there'll be one that that matches for both of you, and there'll be a a new puppy in the family. I can't wait. Maybe. Maybe. So I think the other, and then another opportunity for learning some responsibility because someone's going to have to pick up the dog poop, and it's not going to be me. Sure. That's what those daughters are for. So the other <laughs> one, the other one, I mean, we got taken care of stuff. I mean, we used to let our kids r- ride their bike around the block across the street and be out of sight for 49 seconds while they yeah. were parts we couldn't see. And that was all good. But I think another one that, that, that comes into play when helping kids learn responsi- responsibility is modeling. And I, I think, I mean, if we want them to be decent at it, we need to be decent at yeah. it. It's, it's hard to, um, not feel like a hypocrite yelling at your kids to uh, to pick up their clothes when the 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 exercise bike or the treadmill you've got in the in the bedroom is covered in in laundry. Um, yes. So I mean, we got to kind of we got to kind of step up our own game sometimes too. Yeah, which, that's which it. It is. It's setting hard. an example. Yeah, it is hard, and sometimes it is hard. And you know, I'm, I always say like that children are like sometimes the best mirror because they will they'll call you out on it if you know, especially slightly older children, they'll call you out on it. If you're asking them to do something and you've not done it yourself, it's yeah. like, hang on a minute. Um, and we have this conversation sometimes in our household too, because on the weekends, like sometimes we'll, you know, I start doing some stuff around the house and the kids are all sort of, I'm like, right, we need rooms tidied, you know, blah, blah, blah. We've got a few things we've got to do. And then they'll say, why isn't dad doing it? And I'm like, 
oh, probably because dad worked 60 hours this week and started at like two o'clock every morning. Like that's why he's not doing it. He gets out of it. But it is, it's hard. They just see it as instantly. Well, hang on, I'm picking up my stuff right now. You all should be too, you know? And I think, you know, once you have the conversation about it, like I'm like, yeah, you remember, you know, that you wanted your cubby house bill and that's what dad was doing. And remember that, you know, (laughs) and you start to sort of point those things out. It's like, who cooked your dinner? Who did all? And they're like, oh, right, yeah. yeah. So you're asking me to do one little thing. That's okay. But yeah, I think it is. It's setting that example for being responsible and being and and you know a good member of society is so important. You know, you see, um, I think I don't know if it was like on a movie or something, but that was you know the adult had gotten out of their car and swung their car door into the car next to them, and you know they'd just been talking to the child about being responsible, taking responsibility for your actions and whatever, and then they were like oh, shut the door and come on, let's go, let's go. And the child's like, but you hit that car, you know, like at the top of their lungs. And I'm like, that's what children are good for. They're good for calling you out if you're not prepared mm-hmm. to take responsibility. <laughs> I, I think it's, and, you know, I think another, the modeling piece is helping them understand that that everybody has responsibilities, but not everybody, we don't all have the same responsibilities. Yes. And that that it can be hard. And that that we all fall short here and there when it comes to yeah. it with certain things and at certain times, and that that's part of part of the the human experience as well. I mean, and falling short and being able to say, "I didn't get that done," you know, yeah. it didn't happen. I di- I didn't do that in the best way I could have done, or I didn't, you know, meet the expectations or whatever. But actually, showing children that that's okay to say, you know what, it didn't happen, and this is why it didn't happen. This is what I'll learn from it. Yep. Yep. Hey, listeners, learning thing. Listeners, it's my responsibility at this point in the show to say (laughs) thanks for listening to the Child Care Bar and Grill. We'll be back soon with another episode. Share the show with a friend. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.